Hi, I'm Jason Nias from Digital River, an e-commerce and payments company dedicated to helping brands go global and grow their revenue. But this isn't about us. This is Commerce Connect, a podcast about people who are creating some of the best e-commerce experiences of our time. Listen on to hear from e-commerce visionaries as they look back on where they started, lessons they've learned, and what they believe will be the future of online shopping. Hi, I'm Ted Rogers at Digital River, and our guest today is Mark Michelon, uh, the president of Certify, an American Express company. A Certify provides organizations worldwide with fraud prevention services, chargeback management, digital identity, and payment gateway solutions. So, Mark, uh, welcome to the uh, podcast today. Uh, thanks, Ted. It's nice to be here. So, Mark, I, I understand you are you're you're not just the uh, president of a Certify. Um, you're one of the earliest employees. Um, and uh, before we go too deep into the topic uh, today, we're going to talk about fraud prevention and, and, and things that a Certify is doing to try to help uh, companies combat what's going on in the world. Uh, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself and, and your background and how you how you came to a Certify? Uh, sure. No, it's uh, I'd be happy to. If you uh, talk to most people in this industry, I don't think anyone would say that they uh, grew up wanting to be a fraud fighter uh, in uh, a digital space. And uh, that's the same with me. Uh, I was a finance major in college, and my first few jobs out of college were really uh, in the finance world. Um, I was a controller for a small travel company uh, based here out of Chicago. And uh, I kind of fell upon fraud. And um, it, it started back in 2001. Uh, website orbits.com uh, was founded by five of the most uh, biggest airlines in the U.S. to really uh, revolutionize uh, digital uh, purchasing of travel. And um, an old colleague of mine I ran into on the train ride one day in 2000, and he said, you know, why don't you come in for an interview for a finance uh, role? And I said, sure, I'll, you know, I'll come in. You know, I'm curious about it. And I went in there, interviewed for the job, and about halfway through, uh, he said, actually, you know what? Um, we launched our website uh, just last week and uh, we've already started receiving these things called chargebacks. And uh, shockingly enough, a lot of these chargebacks actually came uh, during our soft opening of the website, our friends and family. And uh, we have no idea what's going on. Um, do you think you could kind of take a look at uh, these chargebacks? And I'm, what is a chargeback? I have never heard that before at all. And I quickly learned that, uh, yeah, chargeback happens when uh, someone's card is used fraudulently uh, in a card not present world. And uh, fast forward, uh, within uh, probably about two days, I just was enthralled by what was happening. And it was a it was a ring out of Africa buying fraudulent airline tickets to go from New York to Ghana, Africa. And I, I kind of just fell in love. So I, I was kind of the first fraud analyst at this new startup, Orbits.com. And uh, it just, it, it guided my path all the way, uh, to where I'm at now. And I, I stayed at Orbitz for about eight years. And that same gentleman that hired me at Orbitz, uh, eventually, uh, was part of four others that founded here to certify to basically take what we did at Orbitz and offer it as a solution to a broader, uh, e-commerce industry, not just focus on the travel, but focus on anyone that does, um, uh, e-commerce um, is in the e-commerce business, I guess, whether it's retail or ticketing and, and so forth. So I, I came on at, at a certify early on uh, after the founders started the company. Um, they had to get some VC funding. And once they received VC funding, 
uh, they were able to actually pay employees. Uh, so that's when I decided to come on uh, to certify because uh, this was my career for the last seven years at Orbitz, but Orbitz was not a fraud company. They were a travel company. I just was part of a large organization and I truly loved what I did. So what better way to actually go work for a company that was focused on credit card fraud prevention, chargeback uh, representment for uh, large brands across the world. And uh, I, I was fortunate enough to uh, come on board early on and it basically be part of um, building something from ground up. Um, even though I'm not a founder, I, I feel like I, I was part of building a certify very quickly uh, into this large uh, brand protecting the biggest uh, names out, out yeah. there. And it kind of just worked my way up through a certify to eventually becoming uh, named the president here at a certify roughly about four and a half years ago. And uh, it's, it's a career I never thought I would have, but it, it's like, I think most people in this industry you fall in love. It is a it is a fascinating, fascinating industry, and, uh, and it, there's no competition. Uh, is what what probably the other huge piece here. We deal with some of the largest brands that compete very heavily in the marketplace. But when it comes to fraud, they all talk together. So this aspect of community uh, and coming together to fight the bad guys is just is, is something that is just is so exciting day in and day out. So that's, that's kind of my background here. It's, and I think it's probably a lot of backgrounds, a lot of fraud professionals is that they fell upon fraud and, and just fell in love. So. Yeah. A common enemy is, is a interesting point within the, within the fraud world. And so let me just, in full disclosure, I, I want to make sure our, our listeners understand that uh, digital rivers actually partnered with the certify to strengthen our overall e-commerce solution. You know, we really believe in what, uh, what a certified capabilities are and, and how they can help do exactly what you're talking about, combat uh, the fraudsters. And it, it is a, a very uh, interesting uh, world to, to operate in because fraudsters are smart. And, and as you've experienced, I'm sure, they never seem to find a, uh, have any problem finding great new ways to try to create challenges for organizations. So um, yeah, so just to be clear, we, we, we are partners. Um, and in that regard, you know, um, it was Statista that, that recently, you know, uh, shared information that global losses around on, you know, online payment fraud has reached a number around $20 billion. It's $20 billion in 2021. It's a big number. And that growth rate continues, uh, has continued to accelerate. That was a 14% increase year over year. And, uh, you know, it's a huge concern for, for organizations all across, across the globe. You know, it's everybody's trying to fight against this. But uh, they're continuing to find new ways to try to try to intercept transactions or to intercept identities, et cetera. So I would, you know, like to talk about that a little bit more. You know, with the twenty billion in fraud, um, you know, we know it's a huge problem. But what do you think are the the causes? What are the big drivers that's uh, that's creating such a such an increase, this double digit increase year over year? Well, it just digital commerce continues to boom, right? If you think of the last two years, I mean. E-commerce is already grown like this. In the last two years, everyone moved virtual. It just went like this. So the amount of businesses across the globe uh, has just has just doubled, tripled, quadrupled. You know, just grew grew so dramatically is that there are so many targets for people to take advantage of, um, and it just continues to grow here. So the idea here is this this concept of of credit card fraud or just taking advantage of this commerce, it's very easy. I could do it from, from my home. I could do it here based in our office and I could tap websites across the globe. 
getting computing powers very easily. There's so many ways to to automate uh, attacking websites today that compared to 20 years ago. It's easy to get spin up servers out there in the, the cloud and, and look for vulnerabilities across a variety of merchants. Everyone does business on the web now, right? So it's not just your, you know, the, I, I feel like the travel companies were probably the earlier adopters because it's very easy, it was very common for people to say, okay, I'm gonna go book an airline ticket. But then you get into retail, you get into ticketing, you get into now restaurants. Every restaurant out there accepts digital payments. You get into golf courses, anything is digital here. So this idea of everything being digital and it's so easy to find and access, the bad guys find ways to find vulnerabilities to do that. Back 20 years ago, they try to steal credit cards, right? So they try to have data breaches to get into people's um, payment systems to steal the credit card numbers. It's evolved now. I don't need to steal a credit card. I can steal potentially your credentials. So, you know, mark.mickelon is my login and then my password one, two, three, four, five, I get in. Wow, I have access to maybe five of Mark's credit cards. Oh, and then, oh, by the way, then Mark's lazy and Mark uses the same login and credentials at Digital River and uses it at Best Buy. So if I know Mark's login here, I could potentially use Mark's login at other places here. So it's 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 become a world where, you know, this concept of digital identity, everyone has a digital identity, uh, is very powerful and it has a lot of value to it uh, across um, multiple companies, multiple industries. So the bad guys have learned that, hey, this is a great way to to exploit. And it's it's hard to track. It's hard to identify. I'm not going into a, a store and holding a gun to try to steal the cash register. I'm operating in, in the autonomy of, of my, my basement here and spinning up computers anywhere. Where is Mark? It's hard to figure out where Mark is. So it's very hard to try to identify these individuals and stop them and actually, you know, arrest them or capture them. So it's just, it's, it's a very easy crime to commit where it's, it's, it's unfortunate, um, but it is just a reality of the world we operate in now. So it's so important for, you know, companies to constantly thinking about what are their vulnerabilities, whether it's protecting their customers' data or, or being attacked to use their customers' data against them as well. So, and it's only going to continue to grow. It's only going to continue to, to grow. Uh, they're always find a way. But that's also what makes our, our life so interesting, right, is, is it's a new problem each and every day. And how do you always stay ahead of them or how do you try to stop them? And it, it, it makes it very exciting uh, at the same time. Yeah, that's uh, I, I have this feeling you're, you're obviously a very smart guy about this space. And I think it's good that you're uh, you're one of the good guys. Uh, you're on you're on the good side. So uh, that's that's exciting. The uh, the, the question I, I, I think that just piggyback on that a little bit. You touched on a number of them, but you know, fraud comes in so many different shapes and sizes, right? It's uh, you know, there's first party fraud, third party fraud, friendly fraud, transaction identity, bots, all these things that that you're having to face and companies are having to face. Are there specific types of, of fraud that you're seeing are gaining more traction over others, or you know, maybe said it differently, what you know, what are you know the the types of fraud that are the biggest concern to you and to your clients uh, today? There's a few. It's a good question. I, I touched on a little bit before uh, this concept of account takeovers. Um, credit cards not being stolen anymore. It's literally taking your your account. So what, like I said, your login and password because it's so much more power for it. Because if your card gets stolen and you learn about it, you shut it off and you get a new card and the value of that card's gone. But the reality is, my login. Is, I'm not going to change my login to to my, you know, to my airline uh, uh, login site or, or retailers, things like that. So the concept of account takeovers have been around 
continues to skyrocket. And it's, it's across every single industry. And it could be merchants. It could be uh, uh, social uh, social sites. It could be banks, stuff like that. So that's that just continues to to uh, be a, a, an issue. The concept of online scams continues to increase. So think of it during the pandemic. I'll use my parents uh, as an example. My parents bought sometime online. They're older generation, but maybe they buy their travel, but they never buy their groceries online. So you have these people that now are shopping online that might not be as educated here. So you see a lot of bad guys trying to take advantage of them through phishing exercises, emails, posing as a bank, posing as the IRS, right? So some of our customers we deal with talk about that literally they could have victims of customers where they get a call from the IRS, the bad guy, and says, hey, um, you have to pay your tax um, your tax due, but we want it in a form of a, a digital credit or digital gift card. So, hey, I'm going to walk you through it. Can you give me access to your machine and I'll help allow you to, let's go to, you know, X retailer and buy a digital gift card and send it here. So from a, a merchant standpoint, it's truly Mark making the purchase or looks like Mark. How do you stop that? So, but it's really, it's really is fraud. Um, so uh, it, it's just amazing uh, the scams out there. And then lastly, um, many companies um, have done a good job of stopping credit card fraud. The losses are still there. Don't get me wrong. You know, you quoted the number, but the bad guys have learned other ways. Um, so we, we call it, you touched on it, friendly fraud, but you know, friendly fraud, it, it's not, there's nothing friendly about it, right? So we, we had a, a client advisory board this week and we, we, we started using a different term. It's abuse. It, it, it's abuse and abuse comes in a variety of ways. And, you know, uh, one of the biggest abuses is this concept of returns fraud or refund fraud. Hey, I never received my package. Can you give me a refund? How do you prove that? How do you prove, you know, especially during the pandemic, no one was collecting signatures. It's literally, I ordered a TV, left it at my front door, I walked away. How do you prove that they actually got the TV? You have no signatures, things like that. So this concept returns fraud or refund fraud um, has just skyrocketed. And if you talk to many retailers, um, it's a bigger problem today than it is of credit card fraud, the amount of abuse around that type. And that just continues to rise. So the, the industry is, is asking for how do we solve this? How do we come together? And that because that, it's, it's not going away uh, because everyone needs to have a, a, a nice refund policy, right? You, you buy clothes online. Okay, it's the wrong size. Let me ship it back. Oh, that's the wrong size. I don't like it. You can't try it on a store. So, so that type of fraud is just continues to rise as well. Yeah, it's uh, I had shared with you and for our audience, I actually had the, 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 the fortunate opportunity in, in, in prior roles in my life. I ran a fraud team and uh, for, for an e-commerce retailer and uh, never, never forget some of the crazy things that we would see. You talk about returns fraud, nothing like opening a box of rocks, right? Uh, yeah. Somebody, they get their refund, it's processed, then it gets processed later. They open up a box and it's, it's, it's not the merchandise, it's something else. We used to call it the, like the box of rocks, right? So those, those things, those things all happen. Um, now you said, you know, card fraud, like people stealing a card number isn't, uh, you know, trying to steal a card out of an, out of the mailbox or, you know, taking your, your wallet or whatever and, and, and using your card in a way that, that they hadn't seen before is, is, is not, not as prevalent as it was before because people are finding different mechanisms. So I'd like to take that into the, the path of like newer payment methods, you know, the like wallets, right? Um, how, how do you see things like that um, impacting uh, either it's, it's creating opportunity for us to manage better or is it, is it higher risk of fraud? How do you think about that? 
Yeah, it's a good question. Obviously, you know, the wallet, creation of wallets is any e-commerce business or any business, you want to make it easy to do business with, right? So the concept of wallets, right, is I could have my stored payment instrument in a wallet. I don't need to retype the, you know, 15 or 16-digit card number. I could just hit click and and I make the purchase. Um, It it is, we're we're seeing it, once again, it's great for the customer, but it creates vulnerabilities, right? So if, if I get access to your wallet, Ted, I potentially, and if it, especially if the wallet expands across multiple um, businesses, um, I could easily use those wallet, your wallet to make purchases very quickly. Uh, and and what, what it happens is from a, a fraud standpoint, it's harder to track because it looked like Ted, it's established wallet, Ted established. It's not a new account. Uh, it, it's not, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it, it, you have history. So is this truly TED or is this not TED from a wallet standpoint? So while wallets creates great uh, ease of use, it does create challenges for merchants to I- identify when when the bad guys get access to the, to those wallets, right? It's the same yeah. concept of this concept of account takeover. Um, it's back, you know, 10 years ago, it's it, in general, it, it, was, it was, I wouldn't say it's easier, but it's like, People, it's the first time you ever saw that customer. How do you authenticate them? And they always have that that kind of friction maybe during first-time authentication. Um, but once that person builds up history, okay, I could trust Ted. He's good. I don't need to look at Ted anymore. Well, now I can't do that anymore. I can't always just assume it's Ted coming back. I got to start looking at Ted's past behavior to say, is his future, is his new behavior the same thing as Ted? Um, and the bad guys have learned that. They learn that it's, it's harder to detect when they start using these, you know, these compromised accounts or compromise logins. So, and wallets fall right into that path. Yeah, the, uh, the, 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 that's, that's really good insight. You know, obviously you said the, uh, the idea around the logins and, and it makes, when you were talking through kind of the example of, of how people try to is capture the information, whether it be phishing, uh, et cetera, but, you know, uh, careful what you, careful what quizzes you take on Facebook too, right? You know, things like that, where, you know, you get the, what street did you grow up on and what was your first pet's name, right? Folks, that, that that's all there for a reason. People are asking those questions for a reason. So, oh yeah, social engineering, right? So, it, it, back in the day, of social engineering, I, I'd call a call center, I could social engineer. Social engineering online, same thing. It's oh, this is a friendly quiz, right? And, and stuff. Don't answer anything. I mean, you know, we we interact in a digital world, but also everything you type is out there. It's all out there. So just always be careful. Yeah, you know, it's a great point you bring up. People are so so, you know. Want to tell about themselves all over you know, over whatever social media site, but be careful how that's used against you. Yeah. So let's let's talk strategy for a minute. So let let's go back in your world, Mark. When think about when you were young and, and you were you were working at Orbitz, and uh, you know if if you were to think about that of a company that that was like Orbitz, if you could pull that forward now, and it's a you know they're creating an online site, they're building a new store, or they're just really trying to um, you know get into the market. Um, how, how would, how does a startup like that not have to go experience the pain that you, you felt or your company felt said, Hey, I know we asked you to do this. Now we're going to have you go do this because we got to figure out how to fight this. You know, how, how, how does a company look at this today, uh, out of the gate, say to build that protection, to, to protect themselves against these different types of fraud, whether they be a large merchant, because there's big companies that are, like you said, are, are, there's more transactions going online. You know, they're shifting business away from brick and mortar and onto online, or even it's a small startup business. How is it the same? Is it different? You know, how, what would you say to, what would you say to young Mark? Yeah. 
Great question. Uh, you know, fraud prevention in general is is something you need a solution that's that is puts the power in that fraud professional's hands. So whether it's internal, whether it's external, you're outsourcing out is you need to be very have a solution that's very nimble that you could adapt quickly because the bad guys are adapting quickly. Any solution that it does not give you the flexibility to adapt quickly uh, is a huge gap, and you you see it. You know, back of you know, young Mark of our early solution was, oh my gosh, I'm getting attacked from here. I had to call a developer up and he had to go code. And oh, four weeks later, I'll have a solution for you. Well, millions of dollars later, that's not good enough. So you, you, first and foremost, you need a solution that's very, that puts the power into the fraud professional's hands. Um, the second piece of it is, is, is the power of machine learning and automation has just come, you know, leaps and bounds over, over the last 20 years. Uh, fraud prevention is all about data. So how do you can analyze data quickly and, and look for abnormalities in data to detect the bad? So having a solution that can can really, I don't know what call self-learning, right? People use the term artificial intelligence and self-learning and, oh my gosh, it, it's powerful. It is, but it, you still need some human elements in there to kind of guide the machine learning down the right path here. So the idea that having some type of machine learning capability is key. And then, and, and lastly, is that ideally 99% or more of your business is good. Uh, ensuring you have a solution that does not turn away good customers or create friction is so important. So important because it's a very competitive uh, landscape uh, now because anyone and everyone can be online. So if you have a, 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 a path that creates friction or creates this, this unhappy customer, you turn them away, you might never see them again. So when you start thinking about lost sales, hey, you might have lost that one sale, but if they had a bad experience, you might never see them back. And their lifetime value of that customer could have been five, six, 10x here. So as well, so ensuring you have a solution that is 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 also um, I can keep all your fraud away, right? That you can have no fraud, but also I can turn away 50% of your sales. So making sure you have a solution that is truly is is is, is only impacting the smallest amount of orders to keep the the banner out. Losses are going to occur. Like we got to be real, right? You're going to have losses, but you got to make sure you get it, turn the dial of how much loss you potentially are acceptable versus what kind of friction you create for your good customer. So, and then I guess your second part is difference in larger and smaller merchants. Uh, larger merchants usually potentially have more, more resources, so they can potentially dial in more, and they're looking for the the bigger impact of, of fraud losses, right? So if they they let's say they sell, you know, $100 million in goods, um, you know, monthly. Um, the impact of one or two or three, four frauds isn't that great because they have a larger sales side of it, but they also have the resources to kind of adapt their strategy here. So they can be potentially uh, do more um, with a solution and, and put more in, into it. Your smaller merchants, though, need more probably automations. They don't have the resources. They need to rely on whoever they potentially partner with to offer that intelligence. Um, but they also have to be very, um, very conscious of, of every fraud order because the impact of one fraud order for them is so much more greater than the impact of potentially a larger guy. So, you, you, you know, the smaller guys probably need more handholding from whoever they partner with to, to ensure that, hey, they have a solution that is truly stopping as much fraud, but also, um, is able to, you know, just rely on outside resources, I guess, to to help them along the way. And that's what we usually see with a lot of, we have we have very large guys and we have kind of smaller guys. And the larger guys are usually a lot more 
um, self-sufficient because they have internal resource and the smaller guys we help a little more because they just they don't have the resource to to adapt as quickly as potentially large guys so they have to rely on our expertise to help guide them along the way yeah great great insight i, I to your point earlier about ai machine learning and that it's still got to be human guide guided is is you know machines can only take you so far. We're not, we're not quite to the world of Skynet yet. I think that's what it was in Terminator anyway, with Skynet, yeah. right? Where they, where AI I never get over. there, but yeah, correct. <laughs> so no, that's uh, that's, that's great information. You know, if you, if you think about what the, the future holds, right, you got things like the metaverse uh, that are out there and people are going to start transacting and, and living in a virtually living in a different world or, you know, in that kind of realm, or, or even if it's think about from a technology perspective, you know what are what are new tools or ideas that that, uh, that you know people are thinking about in the market? You, know, you talk about the coalition. Everybody's you know all the good guys are trying to fight the bad guys, and the bad guys are working together to fight the good guys. Um, where do you kind of see kind of the next evolution, or or you know what what do you, what do you see on the horizon to to be able to combat? Sure. It is, you know, many companies, um, especially, you know, let's say 20 years ago, you only worried about the customer interaction at the time they hit purchase, right? You're making all your risk decisions. I hit purchase. Now I have a, I have a transaction and it's, you know, what is Mark buying? Here's his payment instrument. Maybe here's his emails, things like that. And, um, and uh, like I said, most merchants did a great job of identifying that, that bad behavior. But as, as you know, I, I mentioned before, is, is the world is account takeovers taking more. The bad guys are learning how to look good. You need to move farther up the path. So you think of most e-commerce companies, they spend millions upon millions on marketing. They know everything about Mark. Well, how do you use marketing data? How do you see how Mark is interacting on your website? Is what? Where's Mark coming from? Is he coming from a Google search? Is he coming right to your landing page? Is he going shopping? Is he spending time, you know, five minutes on looking at browsing at items, or is he going, literally going, hit the TV, go to check on purchase? Is he typing? Is he pasting? So this concept of kind of user behavior analytics, it's, no, it's not new. Marketing has been using it forever, but you know, starting to look at the customer journey from the time they land on your front door. So that might be your website, your homepage. It might be in a mobile app. Seeing how they interacting, how do they create their account? How do they log in? How long are they on that account? So it, for, for a certify, you know, we invested very heavily on providing solutions, not only at, at the time of checkout, but now started analyzing Mark all the way along the journey. So now I can start understanding Mark's behavior all along the way. And then if I understand Mark up, up front, I could then make a decision. Do I want to actually maybe stop Mark from checkout or do I just want to use that data at the time of purchase? So it, it, it's, you know, it, it's literally the concept of a digital identity. It's not no more. Mark no longer exists just by his email and credit card number. Mark now exists on what type of device is he connecting to? Is he coming through on a, on a phone or not? Um, how is Mark interacting? What is Mark's behavior in general here to make a better assumption? Is this truly first? Is it actually Mark or is it a, a bot acting as Mark? And then on top of it, this is Mark or is this now Ted posing as Mark? So a lot of the technology like we've invested in across industries is understanding that, that complete journey uh, along, along the way so you can make different, better decisions uh, up front or just use that data at the time of purchase, right? And the power of this also is, is the idea, I go back to friction. 
No one wants friction, right? So it, as, as all this is happening, this extra data can allow you to make better decisions. So, so ultimately, everyone wants the one-click checkout, right? It'd be great that I could go and say, yep, I want to buy this TV. I go to checkout, checkout. I already know it's marked. That's where the world wants, that's where everyone wants to head to it. But with that comes a lot of risk. So can you make sure you have the right amount of information about Mark farther up so you can make that, that, that perfect path and only let the good guys through and then create friction for the potential bad guys, which is ideally just a small percentage of your orders. Let's take this just a, a slightly different angle. Beyond you know, fighting fraud, um, we always try to get to understand and, and learn a little bit more about some, some you know, uh, other angles about, about you and your experiences and, and uh, you know, how you shop and things like that. So I'd love to start with something that's uh, a, a little different. Like who, who in your life, you know, whether it be personally or professionally, has really helped to influence you to get to where you're at? Like who do you pay attention to? You know, it, it, it seems simple, uh, but I, am, I feel so privileged with the, the customers we get to work with. Uh, we work with so many brands around the world. My customers influence me. I mean, I, I am a, I, I'm part of our kind of core values here. And I, I use this internally with all my colleagues. I don't work for a certified. I don't work for American Express. I work for Digital River. I work for Delta. I work for Best Buy. You name the brand here. So the insights we get of getting to go and interact with our customers and what are they thinking? What are they thinking about evolving their business is so is what drives me here because there are so many brilliant people across the world and we get the honor of they invite us into their offices or have a, a video call to say, Hey, this is where our business is headed. This is what we're thinking. That's what inspires me. That's what inspires kind of all the colleagues that are certified. Um, I, I'm a people person. I like being in the office. I like interacting with people, but one of the best things that happened during the pandemic is I had to sit in my home office and I have a TV in my home office. So I put on TV and in, I, I just turned on CNBC and CNBC, whatever it is, you know, it's, it's tracking the market, but the amount of CEOs uh, that are customers that came on every single day of just interviewing was so powerful because you got to hear from them. How are they thinking about their business? What are they thinking about it? Because for, for us here at a certify, we have to protect industry, every industry out there. So hearing from them and how I could think of how an airline CEO is thinking compared to a retailer, and now as gas prices gone up, what are they thinking about compared to the lodging industry, compared to the car rental? That's what influences me. So for like for for my colleagues, my leadership team, I said, when you're at home, have that channel on because you, you we learn so much of that, and you get to you get those insights of drives. Here's what we have to think about how to help them in their business, um, whatever you know business they might be in. So. Yeah, that uh, that's great. I love it. Uh, I don't know if I could deal with having the TV on. I, 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 my my ADD would probably have me looking all the wrong different directions. You know, that's the beauty of you know DVRs now. You just pause, right? So you know, oh wait, he came on pause or record and I come back to it, right? I'm in a meeting. Okay, just pause. So that that's you know the beauty of technology today is that every everything is is repeatable or replayable, right? So yeah, that's fantastic. So in, in your so in your own experiences when you're you know, like you said, everybody's buying online today, right? Um, so in your experiences, when, you, when you're buying online, um, you know, would you get, do you have any good examples of where you've seen all of this? Like, oftentimes it sits behind the scenes, right? You don't know, in, in, especially in, in this realm from fraud, that something's happening. You, you don't see the background checks. You don't see what's, how, they're, how a company's tracking or whatever. But 
there's the overall experience that matters. Um, what would you say seems to be that is a, is a great example, if you have one, of, 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 of a shopping and then ultimately a buying experience um, that, you, that, that you would look to and say, boy, that's a, that's a great one. Yeah, you know, it, 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 it's, I feel everyone wants to feel special, right? While you, you want to feel like the, the people you're doing business with understand you, right? So, in a, you know, you think of back in the day, brick and mortar, you go and you, you go buy a car. Oh, hi, Mark. They interact and they get to know you as a salesperson. In the digital world, that doesn't exist. It doesn't take away from the experience. You want the business to understand you. So where I've seen the best is where companies can merge the digital experience with the brick and mortar experience. So I, I travel a lot. So having that interaction of, and I, I show up at the airport, they know it's, it's Mark and I get fly through securities is great. Um, a simple one, even from a coffee standpoint, I go in and I order a coffee on the mobile app and I show up to go pick it and drive through and they already knows, yeah, hey, Mark, yep, here's your order. This is what it looks like. Oh, Mark, here it is. So having that personal touch is so key, I, I, I feel, because the world, you want to feel special. Everyone wants to feel special. They want to feel like who you do business with knows you here. So the companies that can 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 tailor the experience specifically to you is where, for, for me, is, is, is that, that best experience. And it just continues to get better. Now, and the, 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 the skeptic the, or the, the fraud hat on me is like, oh, my gosh, they know so much about me. Big Brother's watching me and stuff like that. So it's important for the, the, the businesses to protect that data. But it makes that experience so much more and like you want to go return, right? Because I, I talked about in, in the past is, is that that one order, you make money in the order, but you it's how do you get the customer return and come back and come back and they get to know you here. So so it, it is it, it's becoming harder, right? As you think of privacy across the web of, of no one have you can't have you know cookies, you everyone has to say accept, do you allow them to track cookies? So it's what's the right balance of privacy and that personal touch? But I, I feel like the businesses that can offer that personal touch is just is just tremendous. Um, and then it's even then on when you have a bad experience, they have that personal touch back. Because some world's not perfect, right? Businesses are going to make mistakes. Your the wrong product might be damaged. So having tying it to then when there's problems to solve, that they have that, that they can use that data to to ensure you're having that same personal touch is so key. Fantastic. Um... Well, I think we're getting close to the end of our time. So, I, you know, I, I, if people wanted to uh, to connect with you, connect with a certify, um, what would be the best way for our, our listeners to, to do that? A, a variety of ways, right? So very simple, it's certify.com. You can about us. You can see me there. LinkedIn, uh, you know, out on LinkedIn uh, in, in general. Uh, it's very easy. Just do a search as well. Uh, we welcome it. And, and that's the piece is, is, we're here to help protect our, our, our merchants, but also we're here just to help the community. And that's, I go back to my, one of my original points is that is there's not a lot of competition. It's like, we all want to do the good things. We want to keep the bad out, ensure the good are not impacted by it. Cause, and that's so important. We're here to help empower sales. That, and that's right. We're not here to stop fraud. We're here to help empower sales here without the fear of loss. So, um, so yeah, any of those ways you can connect to us, we'd love to talk to you regardless of whether you want our solution or just want to just brainstorm on challenges you might be seeing in, in your business. Well, Mark, it's been, it really has been a pleasure to, to have you on today. I appreciate uh, appreciate all the insights you've been able to, to provide to, to me. Uh, it's been a great conversation and to provide to our guests. Uh, once again, I'm very happy that you're one of the good guys. You're on our side. Uh, so that, that's fantastic. So uh, again, 
everybody. It's, it's, it's Mark Michelon, uh, president of Certify um, and, uh, and a partner of Digital River. And Mark, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. No, thank you, Ted. And, you know, thank you, Digital River, for this opportunity. It's, it's partnerships like that that makes it fun to come to work each and every day. So thank you. You've been listening to the Commerce Connect podcast, brought to you by Digital River and edited at Matriarch Digital Media in Minneapolis, Minnesota. To learn more, head to digitalriver.com.